Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Vintage Scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. Well, uh, we got to say our Vintage Scandal today is inspired by... Uh, PBS last night had an American master. It was Bette Midler produced it, and it was called Mae West, Dirty Blonde. So good. So good. Julia and I watched half of it. Holly, are you going to try and check it out? Oh, yeah. So good. It was amazingly good. And just within the first, like, two minutes Mm -hmm. of this, I'm thinking... She was really an incredible trailblazer. Incredible. And she spread scandal like it was sunshine wherever she went. Here's just a little bit from the beginning of this. This is being replayed on PBS under the, you got to look under American Master, and then it shows uh, Mae West, Dirty Blonde. Mm, Lots of time to do it. Come up. And, I mean, it is so good. And I did not really, I mean, like, we're all familiar with, like, Mae West, some of her lines. Yes. You know, um, and, uh, but for all, what we learn in this uh, um, documentary is that for the entirety of her long life, and she died in 1980 at the age of 87. She lived a long life. Is that she just took a sledgehammer to outdated uh, views about what it meant to be a woman, whether it was in her early days uh, and plays, stage shows, and then movies. She was all about female sexuality, celebrating men through the eyes of her, and the thrill of sin with lots of campy humor and exaggerated glamour. And in her... um, I love that Dita Von Teese, uh, called her an unashamed sexual uh, gangster. And um, underneath all of, you know, the blonde wigs, the diamonds, the corsets, the wisecracks, she felt very much that this alternate woman of version of womanhood in which overt sexual desire wasn't shameful or dirty. Yeah, I loved and Love. think about when this is, you guys. I mean, the she's third. born in the late 1890s or Like 1895, I think it was. So, um, but one of the things, like, um, in her autobiography that she wrote, it's called Goodness Had Nothing to Do With It. And, of course, that is, you know, a play off of, you know, her diamond line in the one movie. Yeah, yeah. What beautiful, beautiful diamonds, her. goodness had nothing to yes. do with it. And, um she writes that because I was given the liberty or took the liberty of telling my own story and in my own way. And I liked to do that because she, uh, one of the things that we find out right away is that when she goes to Hollywood, the reason why she went to Hollywood is she was the scandalous superstar starring in the show on Broadway, um, that she ended up getting arrested for because the play was called sex and it ran on Broadway mm-hmm. in 1926. And on April 19th, 1927, she was sentenced to 10 days in prison for corrupting the morals of youth. And she got sent to Roosevelt Island. 
And she told the the warden, I want to wear my silk underwear. He was starstruck, so he let her. The adoring women inmates at Roosevelt, and she served her 10 days. So that scandal just added more to her play sex. And then Paramount Studios, which were, you know, we're certain we're in the Great Depression and they're thinking movies, people will never stop going to movies. They are cash strapped. They're wondering if they have to bankrupt themselves. Absolutely. And um, they convinced Mae West to come West in 1932. And her quote when she gets to Hollywood, so this is the place a leaf falls up in some canyon and they tell you it's winter. Love it. And then she was very unimpressed with it. She's just like, uh, the studios were just giant factories turning out tripe. This is stuff that she's writing in her biography. Dressed up with the same rubber stamps of large cow-like heads, mammary glands, and 10-foot high close-ups of nostrils you could drive a Cadillac into. Uh, so she did not, she was underwhelmed with this first movie she yes, got, George Raft, yes. uh, Night After Night, and she refused to be in the movie unless she could rewrite her part. And the first line she uh, wrote was, the attendant says, goodness, what beautiful diamonds. Goodness had nothing to do with it, yes. dearie. And she steals this small part, every part of that movie. So then she negotiates a deal. And they were like, okay, well, what, what, you know, what do you want? And she asked the studio head, what, what do, do you, you make? make? <laughs> and he told her and she said, I'll take a dollar more. Yep. And, and she, she got it. She got writing credit, casting credit. Unbel- and, not, and people still don't get this kind of stuff that Mae West um, got um, for for doing this. But she was, they just felt that because there was so much buzz about her, they didn't care that she was 40 and um, she got, she's the one who discovered Cary Grant. This is my favorite. Okay. So this she, is my favorite. She wanted a leading man and she got the pick of who her leading man was. And in her book, she writes that she saw this sensational looking young guy walking along the studio street on the Paramount lot. He was the best thing she'd seen in Hollywood. Who's that? And her manager over with her said oh that's Cary Grant he just does like stand-in and she said he can be my leading man and he the guy said no no he hasn't made a movie yet he's only done tests and she said call him over if he can talk I can he's going to be in my movie so that, that that's how Cary Grant got his break and he is the one that gets the line that often is misconstrued um for Mae West why don't you come up and see me some why don't you come up and sometime and see me? Come on up, I'll tell you your fortune. She says that to Cary Grant, but in the movie called She Done Him Wrong. And I totally just want to go back and watch. I got so excited watching this last yeah. night. I want to go back and watch all these but movies. But people always think it's, why don't you come up and see me sometime? Yeah. But that's not what she says. And um, um, anyway, so yeah, she just... Uh, she she got Cary Grant, and then she also, once, like, the 50s hit, and she wasn't doing, you know, all the movies that she did in the 30s, 40s. She was she, 40 years old when she became yeah, the big star. Yeah, yeah, she created a Vegas review for bulging muscle men. She got, like, Mr. <laughs> Universes and bodybuilding champions, and she said all the years, the nightclubs are always aimed at the men, girl floor shows. This is in her biography. 
The wives and sweethearts just have to sit there while the men applaud the female semi-nudity. I wanted to give something the women could look at. And so she did. So they began to battle for her affection. Two men got into a gunfight over her. One, Mickey Hargitay, who later went on and married um, Jane Mansfield. Jane Mansfield, yes. Thank you. And then this guy, Paul Novak. And um, anyway, they got in a gunfight over her. She ended up being with Paul Novak for the rest of her life. And um, and uh, according According to uh, her, her last, um, again in her book, she wrote and starred in her last movie called Sex Sextet, playing this sizzling character. So this is 1978, so she's 84. Okay. And Tony Curtis is in it, George Hamilton, Timothy Dalton, and Ringo Starr. I absolutely love this. And she was still, like, wearing her corsets and her low-cut dresses, and she was just absolutely... Amazing Ringo Starr tells the story that she invited us to dinner. We all went to this restaurant in Hollywood. She gets there an hour earlier than you do, and all the lights in the restaurant are on her. You know... And in World War II, you know, the inflatable vests that pilots, that were fighter pilots mm -hmm, and stuff were given mm -hmm. were called Mae West. Because they were big boobs. They cushion them. Yeah, mm -hmm. they were just big. But she's got great... and. She wrote all her lines. You know, when I'm good, I'm very good. When I'm bad, I'm better. I only like two kinds of men, domestic and imported. It's, I really it's, just want to go It's back. not the men in your life that matters. It's the life in your men. Those are all from I'm No Angel. And a man in the house is worth two in the street. And when women go wrong, men go right after them. And she just, I feel like a million tonight, but one at a time. That was from Myra Breckenridge. Oh, man. Yeah, I, so she was really something else. She was really something to This be. is something, and it really, it's something to watch. Oh, my gosh. I was so excited to see it. I fell asleep, and then I woke up again, and then I started at the beginning, and then I fell asleep again, so I want to see the ending. Yeah. And it's only an hour, isn't it? It's like is an, it, hour and, an hour, is it and, an hour and, half. and a half. But she, she was really something else, and her real name was Mary Jane West. So really good. Love her scandalous, Love. delicious life. Okay. Love. And I like that she gave the floor show. Why can't we have one of those? Oh, yeah, we got the Chippendales. It was, it was pre-Chippendales. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We'll be right back.